That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, jobbers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania alongside for the ride is a man that, well, he usually yells at me, shut up, Shamrock, JC. I do tell you to shut up a lot. Um, I don't know if I'll quite go the Shamrock route because that was uh, taken by a certain someone that we're probably going to talk about uh, pretty soon here on the Jobberknocker. But Nestlemania, as we inch closer and closer to the crown jewel of uh, pay-per-views uh, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, we're starting to really develop that card, as we saw this week in wrestling. AEW on a special night tonight on Tuesday because of baseball, going head-to-head with NXT, going head-to-head with the season premiere of the NBA games, going head-to-head with two playoff baseball games. So uh, there's going to be a lot of split ratings tonight, and the internet's probably going to be really annoying tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, stay off and just listen to us on repeat because uh, uh, we won't be as annoying, I promise. Stay, Stay with us. Look, I'll say this much, right? It is it is so fun that when things are up against each other, right? We got NXT, we got AEW tonight. I I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm they're both gonna get curb stomped by oh, the NBA oh, and the Major I, League Baseball, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just sitting. I'm thinking to myself, here we go, baby. It is gonna be spin cycle city for Tony Tony Khan coming right out of the gate. Like he's gonna be like, well, we did oh, yeah. good in this demographic for four seconds when I farted. You know, it's just like it, like the tweets that come out by people are just unbelievable. It's like great. Even if you have the best show on on TV, you're still competing against sports. Sports yeah, which, wins again, every time. Tonight, we're gonna hit on both those cards towards the end of the show. NXT is loading up with a lot of like spe- like a lot of main roster folks coming down as they've been building up on Raw and SmackDown. And then uh, AEW has four title matches, so the shows are loaded. They're gonna be great shows. I'll be watching them on DVR either late tonight or tomorrow because. The NBA starts tonight, Celtic Sixers, same time. And then baseball has playoffs, which a lot of people like that, too. I know our boy Dom does, which, uh, you know, I guess everyone's got a little old man in them, I guess, sometimes, you know. If you like baseball, I feel bad for you, son. <laughs> That's what I say to people because it's it's a rough go. It's a rough yeah. love. Uh, yeah. But let's get right into the show. Let's get let's get where we normally start here, JC, which is the shine. It's your, your baby. Go right ahead. Always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose. And uh, you know what, Nestlemania? I've really loved what uh, Bad News Barrett has been doing on commentary. And it kind of, you know, I think he has a style of a certain someone else who returned on Raw this week. He pulled up in a limo. JBL is back in the WWE as an on-screen character. And, you know, JBL is a piece of shit, like on TV. His character is a huge piece of shit. He's annoying. He's a pain in the ass. But, man, when he came out, that music hit, and then he started talking, I was like, I really missed him because this man is just like he's with you Google heel like wrestling heel. He should be one of the first ones that comes up. And that's why this picture perfect pairing with Baron Corbin. Yes, he has his first name back for the first time in a long time is perfect because the guy that I would compare to like this era's JBL, like in a little bit of a different way, but in terms of just like the pure hatred 
is Baron Corbin. So, you know, Corbin's great on the mic, but it was kind of like a different feel with him having someone kind of represent him. And man, that promo that JBL cut on the Oklahoma crowd was super hot fire. It was fantastic. I ate it up. This was the perfect city for them to debut this in. And uh, yeah, Corbin came out and he had, I actually thought was a really, really, really fun match uh, up against Dolph Ziggler. And it was nice to see Dolph back on TV, but uh, Corbin got the big dub and I'm excited for this pairing. I was shocked to see the JBL limo come out. The one thing that I was thinking about when I was watching him was, man, he's so good at nothing. Like, he just, he just, it's like effortless. Like, he just comes out and he just kind of like does it. It's not even like he has to think about it. He just kind of is what he is. And then, and again, this isn't really fair, but KP is, is, is not my cup of tea yet. You know, like, I'm still kind of like getting through it on commentary. Yeah. So when JBL showed up on commentary, I went, oh, like at least <laughs> we're going to get a though, right? But then like they they were talking about like, oh, hey, like here's like what do you like even Co- uh, excuse me, Corey went to him and said like during your great time as a commentary, what are you seeing right now? Like they went out of their way to make him feel bigger than he was. Like they called him a wrestling god, check mark. They said Hall of Famer, check mark. But then they started saying other things that like just worked. And I loved I loved, this is the part that we didn't get to talk about. I love that they talked about the trade, that this is the Mm. biggest trade in Monday night history, which obviously you have to build up the guy anyway. But what I really loved about this was the connective tissue here to Rey Mysterio. And also Rey Mysterio being the one that retired JBL and he just kind of played it off. There's a Dom connection here. There's all sorts of things that they can do with JBL. I don't even know if JBL's standing uh, to stay every week, folks, but... If he does, I would love to see this because Baron Corbin needs something. We've always talked about this. He's he's very good. He's 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 awesome. But there's something that's missing. And I'm curious to see if JBL sticks around, if that something was JBL. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps because, as you know, I am a pro Corbin as a future world champion guy. thought I was going to get it several years ago. thought they could have done it then, but they didn't. And now it's just kind of been like he's been doing other things that, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Whatever Corbin does, he's going to be great at. But I think this is, you're right, the type of gimmick, like, we're getting away. We saw how good Corbin can be at the funny stuff, the sad sack stuff, all that. But it's like they're trying to turn a page and triple H has made an effort with a lot of people that kind of were in these more like Vince type character roles, turning them back to like the badasses that we kind of like were introduced to them as. And like Corbin, when he debuted next NXT, fucking there was a countdown to count how quick his matches were because he just squashed everyone. He beat everyone. He had a badass look. He looked like a fucking created the lawn hair and everything. He was the lone wolf. And I think this is a way to get him back to it. But like you said, in a different refreshing way. And yes, Corbin's not a guy that needs a manager, but sometimes like even guys who don't need a manager, you add something to them in a manager, especially a guy like JBL. It does really bring them to the next level. So I'm not saying Corbin's going to be a world champion anytime soon, but I think towards the later half of next year, this is a guy who I could see as a world champion in WWE. I think once the Tribal Chiefs have has acknowledged his exit, yeah, we're getting to the we're getting <laughs> the doors to open for a lot of guys. Yeah, there's yeah, a I lot mean, of guys. Oh, you know who'd be a perfect guy to fucking knock off Cody? Baron Corbin. Right, oh, exactly. I would, that'd be, that'd I would great. be fucking rock yeah. hard for that. Feud. And, then, 
and then, you know, JBL would end up being like, how's your daddy feel now? Six feet under there, Cody. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's yeah him, I mean, the you stuff know. that he could do. Yeah, yeah. that would be, it it would be just, good. It'd be good. And a uh, big F you to the doctor who says, uh, isn't that Rich Nestle talking about someone who's good at nothing? Man, <laughs> the work I'm going to have to do on JC's back for carrying him through this program. True. Look, I know that you love JC, Doc. That's fine. But also, you love me, too. So I love that you give me a hard time. But uh, you know what? I carry this show. I carry the show on my back and my front. That's right. It doesn't show. It doesn't show. Well, I don't have a, I don't have a reason to go to see a, a, a half-ass back doctor. So I'm well, I, I, he, I, um, tomorrow as this is just a little behind the scenes in the life of JC. Tomorrow my contract ends with my current chiropractor because oh. I, I, I pay in advance in a year. I get a huge discount because of it. I've been seeing the guy for five or six years, but the contract's up and uh, it is a little bit much of a drive for me. It's actually up in your stomping grounds where you are right now. So tomorrow will be my last appointment there, and I will be making the switch to the fuck doctor himself. The fuck doctor. Uh, the backcracker. Can you explain to me why he calls himself the fuck doctor? He doesn't call himself that. We call him that because he's uh, the fuck doctor. Okay. I, I mean, I have so many questions, but this is not the appropriate time to ask them. I, I guess we'll have to do it another time. However, let me know. Uh, can you take a picture of you two goofs together like you're signing like a contract and that you're now officially his bitch or something? Come on. You're one of those guys who watches the backcracking YouTube videos, don't you, and you're fascinated by it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we, you know, we'll, we'll have a little – maybe we'll send some uh, recording sessions, you know, if, if you want to see Doc crack my back. There you go. I would love to see that. Uh, no, I'm not saying that out loud, so you can stop that. <laughs> Uh, we, as That's we did, why I, you gotta watch the video version because yeah, you'll yeah. see some of the comments come yeah. on screen that Nestle's too so, much of a coward. I'm not a coward. It's just, and it's not an appropriate thing to say because he he does that maybe four times a year with his wife. It's fine. All wow. right. Anyway, we talked about it quarterly, like a statement. Let's get into other things. That uh, first off, very quickly, wanted to say this about Baron Corbin and JBL. Great pairing. But that gear that he has, JC, he looks like the inside of a purse. It looks have awful. you have we ever it's liked awful. Corbin's gear? That's why the guys wrestled in so many like normal. Like, like his best gear was the constable when he right. wrestled in the fucking gesture. Yeah, but here's the thing: it just looks look like we know that his body was winking at us when he had no top on. We understand yeah. that's why they they do that whole thing, which I get. But he just looked like yesterday. It looked like somebody had. Literally glued the BC logo well, on some so random gear. Me, the top actually didn't bother me. I thought the top was okay. The bottoms, like the shorts for him, yeah, that is where I kind of was like, eh. So I'm thinking he is a guy that probably does need to cover up his legs. Yeah. Like, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He's a fucking heel and he's a stud and he's in way better shape than both of us combined. Oh, yeah, he eats but, steak uh, for a living. I mean, yeah. I would just, I would go maybe with like some sort of like pants or like longer tights, but I, the top didn't bother me. I didn't mind him with the straps. I don't know. I think, I think the outfit is fine. It's just the poofy little weird things on the side it didn't look like for somebody that used to be an o-lineman i think right he he used to be like he, a i mean that's, boy. The, that's now why his body down that's why he, his body's so weird because yeah. like when you get like that big it's really hard for a guy like that to develop abs because yeah. you just your body has so much excess unless you have a procedure like it's just it takes a long time for your body to slowly suck not, in that extra skin i'm not shaming him i'm saying like when i look at the gear specifically i go that doesn't match world championship material so i'm hoping that there's a progression as we go forward that's all because it was it was glaring to me i thought he was gonna have airbags on his legs when he took a bump it was weird it just looked weird Battery went to coach. I don't know. It's bizarre. What? Any other? Uh, you want to talk about other things that make you excited or sad or happy or whatever? Yeah, WrestleMania. Who beat AJ Styles this I week? I could not believe that he won. Dom Mysterio picking up a oh. big dub. I mean, so I've seen people on Twitter that have said, and Facebook and other things we post, saying that Dom Mysterio needs to go to NXT. Dom Mysterio needs this, needs that. I, I will be the first to admit to you guys, I hated having Dom Mysterio on my television, right? 
I just thought he wasn't ready. He was doing the white, you know, white hot baby face thing. And his dad can get away with it, but not him. And so when he finally changed, I thought this is a great little gear shift. But last night, I know we talk about this every week, but last night I saw inklings of like probably, and this is big praise for me, the best chicken shit heel I've seen in a long time since The Miz, I think. Wow. It was the, it was the, it's just stupid low hanging fruit for me, but it works. It's the, I I don't have my gear. And it's like, I'm not going to say yes. And of course, you know, mommy steps in and says, of course, he'll beat you up, like whatever. And the whole thing was just like, not that there's, again, a JBL connection here yet, but I can see the like Dom Mysterio winning by accident a lot. Like that would make me angry. When he wins yeah, by accident. Perfect. Perfect. That's it. And I think that's that's the route you have to go. Dom Mysterio, turn it up to 11. You're not good enough to be here. So start beating our favorites. And you started with a couple other people. Now you got AJ Styles. That might be the biggest win of his career so far. 100%. Yeah, 100%. He's not, I mean, ne- neglecting the tag title thing with his dad, that's a big deal. But I think when he beats his dad, that'll be a bigger deal. But it's just, it's so cool. And I, I, I mean, you want to talk about... We can, I mean, we can go in four different directions with this, with, you know, what we talk about with the Judgment Day or the OC or Rey Mysterio moving on to SmackDown. But there's, again, the bloodline is huge, right? But I think right underneath it, the Judgment Day have tentacles. They just have tentacles no matter where they go. And I'm so surprised in the last, what, two months? Two months. How it's changed. This is something that I think people really need to pay attention to, especially when you're watching a product. Because a couple months ago, what were our two biggest criticisms? Pretty much with like on Raw in general was the Judgment Day was lacking. It was like they were like they just there was something missing. And then you're looking like Dom and Ray was just like brutal. It's like man, Dom even as me who's been like a a guy being like be patient on Dom. He's young. He's young. He's gonna go through it. There's gonna be great moments and be bad moments. He's young. He's learning on the fly. Like a couple months ago, like he was in the rut of all ruts. Like he. It wasn't progressing. He didn't look good. Like it was, we all agreed that he needed some sort of change. So you took two things that weren't working that much at all, like literally at all. And you put them together. And now suddenly you might have the best thing on Monday nights, which it just, you got like, that's something that I don't think people are always willing to give a chance to. And it was a decision that WWE made that they probably had an idea they were going to do this for a while, but like pulling the trigger on it, like saved that faction. And I think really, I'm not going to say it didn't save Dom. He's so young that he could fall apart for a while and come back and be fine. But it like, it kind of like boosted him up to where we kind of like, he probably should be starting to get to in his career. Cause he's been around so long and it's made it this like perfect, like symphony. And then like watching that match with AJ, it's like, you're reminded like Dom does have a lot of skill in that ring. Like he, obviously he's not on a level of AJ styles or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, it's just like, we saw like even his first match was set. We saw little inklings. It was just like, oh, okay. So we can criticize a lot of things. But in the rain, like, he's always had a lot of things he's done well. And I think, like you said, now that he's kind of embraced this, like, chicken shit heel type thing, and he's bringing that and adding it to his repertoire in the rain and outside of the rain, it's made him more of a well-rounded character. And honestly, like, I'll say it right now. In terms of, like, weekly wrestling, he's one of the top five things I most look forward to every week right now. That's, that say, that, that's saying something, you know, like yeah. it, it really is. And the other thing too, that I, I really love about it. And I think it, it it's similar. It's not a carbon copy for the bloodline. Cause Sami Zayn is so much better than Dom, but well, Sami Zayn's the best in wrestling right now. Right. He best is in the wrestling. best thing in wrestling, but 
when I look at the the formation of the the bloodline, it's it's all badasses, and then Sammy's kind of like the idiot, but he's still he's still Sammy Zayn. On the yeah. flip side of that, you go and you do the Judgment Day thing, Priest, Balor, and Rhea, all badasses. So you need something different, and Dom's that something different. It's almost like he doesn't belong, yeah, because he's so different. Because, I think that's why it works that's so why, well. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. that's why I'm watching it and going. Wow, what a 180. What a what a great 180 story because this might be comeback of the year in my opinion. Like I mean, wow. I just think that for so much I've beaten on this kid for like what? 2 3 years it seems. And You're I a bully, yep. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. And then, you know, I, obviously I I have to eat crow because I'm sitting here going they they were clearly right and I'm wrong. Like, you know, like it's tough. It's tough to, to admit you're wrong, but Dom, I mean, it's nuclear heat. Like, it's old school yes, nuclear heat. I like you know? literally, like, that's part of the reason why it's so good is, like, he doesn't even have to talk. The minute he touches the microphone, the boos are just, like, it is, like, when, like, it literally, like, like it's, like, when Roman Reigns is on his peak hatred, like, it's not obvious. Nothing will ever be on that level, like, him and the him and Cena stuff. Yeah. But, like, for Dom, who's not in the position those guys are, to get heat that even kind of comes, like, 80% close to that. It's just like, it's crazy to see. And that just goes to show you not only how much better he's gotten, but how well they've done in developing this story and everyone playing their parts in it. That includes Ray. That includes Edge. That includes the other members of the Judgment Day. That includes everything that has helped make this possible. It just turned this into one of the better things we see every week. I will say, I will move on after this comment, but I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts are going into war games. Are we going to get just three on three in war games? Or do you feel like Edge somehow joins the OC and we get a th you know, fourth for the Judgment Day? Well, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a three-on-three -three at War Games because they announced Crown Jewels, a six-man tag right. between the Judgment Day and the OC. So War Games is either going to – I think War Games, I'm beginning to think it might <sighs> – I don't know, man. Because if they do the six-man tag and then it's just a four-on-four – the next uh, whatever, unless if they move on from the OC and it's like edge and friends, but I am starting to think that it might be like a bloodline one or brawling with the brawling brutes in the uh, Imperium. Maybe they do a triple threat men's like it just cause them doing this already at crown jewel, like feels like maybe that it isn't meant for war games, but then again, they could do like you said, like the three men in Rhea versus edge two friends and Beth. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's very murky, but I do think it's exciting either way because we don't know. It's a fun night in Boston, folks. I'll be very jealous, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know. I know. I still got to try to get tickets It somehow. is what it is. I, we, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there to go back to live wrestling just yet in my head. So I I, I approve that. Uh, Nestle doesn't want to hang out with all the unwashed masses. I do like a shower. I'll say that much. <laughs> in the I'll words, take one before and after I go. In the words of Andy Kaufman, this is a bar of soap. <laughs> You wet it, and then you put it on your body. I wish I could give that instruction to all the wrestling fans out there. Not all of them. That's that's mean. You know who you are. Lift your armpit and smell. Uh, but uh, something else that uh, was, I thought, a great, awesome part of Raw was the start. I mm. Watching Bobby Lashley pace back and forth, I thought, here comes Brock Lesnar. We're going to get Brock beating him up again. Bobby fucked him up. I loved it. I thought that was great. That was a plus because now I believe it. Because uh, we just know that probably Brock's going to win a crown jewel. That's okay. But the lead up to this thing is just two hosses. Great stuff. And I'm and we talk about this all the time. I absolutely love when Raw starts with something like, oh, my God, I missed it. I had to actually be there. You know what I mean? And yep. it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Take your own advice. Take your own advice. 
You're going to have to expand on that one, bud. I think he's talking about showering. You shower, Dodger. Oh, I see. I'm going to, from a man that looks like he's permanently got a hoagie attached to his arm, I'm not taking advice from you, buddy. Just staying. Anyway, uh, I will say this much. I'm excited to see where it goes, but it's it's difficult sometimes when you're watching. And, and so Brock beating him up, we thought was going to happen. But Lashley beating him up made me go, let's go. I want this tonight. I want it tomorrow, whatever. And so it's just, it's hard. It's hard to think about where, I think what are we, were like maybe three weeks I away? think it's uh, November Six 2nd, so I think it's two weeks from Saturday. So... But no, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head with like why I, it really sold to me is like it was a different start to Raw than we're used to. Lastly, already in the ring, pissed off. You get the pop for Brock's music and they come out and fight. And that was it. I think it was six minutes and then they went to break. They came back and they recapped it. So it was just something different where you normally start off with like a promo of some kind. It was a very different. It was a call out that immediately led to violence. So it was a nice breath of fresh air. Something else that I thought uh, was really cool to see this week. And it's, uh, I'm going to go to SmackDown now, WrestleMania, because obviously, like, the big lead-up was we wanted to see Bray Wyatt. And we got to see Bray Wyatt in a form that we've never really seen Bray Wyatt as, and that was, as himself, the human Bray Wyatt. And I thought that that a promo was very powerful uh, in an emotional way. It was very cool to see, because this is a character, like, obviously, like, those of us that kind of, like, follow him behind the scenes post-WWE, we know he was dealing with a lot of things, whether it was death of friends or other personal issues that, you know, he might not have been in the best headspace, but I love that in that promo, he kind of acknowledged all that and said, but the love and adoration I felt for this, just, like, it's special. So I love in wrestling when you get a comeback like this, like, even if the character's about to go down to a different way, sometimes it's good to just have that acknowledgement and give them that, like, moment, like, kind of take you out of, like, you know, the, the, the world that they've set, like, this, this fake world they set of us, and let us just live in the human world for a moment. But then by the end of that segment, we started to take a step forward to whatever is going on with Bray Wyatt now in the wrestling world with the mysterious mask of whatever. So I'm curious your take on a lot of this stuff, because I really enjoyed it, but I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so... First off, because he thinks I'm a pussy, I'm just going to write this right here. He wrote, say it on, ca- say it, read it out loud. He says, I also have a hoagie between my legs. There you go. Dude. You all right? You know what I mean? There you go. I'm not afraid to say shit. So you know what? Fuck you. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right to be excited about Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt Six. I have a different spin on it that I would like to dive into, perhaps, if you're okay with it. Mm. If, you'll, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Let's, let's indulge. Let's indulge. Uh, I'm not going to hit the detective music because I didn't have it prepared. I apologize. Um, but so here we go. Bray Wyatt out of character promo. A lot of people were sitting there thinking like, oh, this is Bray Wyatt saying thank you and doing like something before we get into, you know, like you said, the, the deepest, darkest parts of his brain. And I was really, I've watched this promo a couple times and it really stuck with me. And there are a couple of things I want to jump into here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to stay on the detective track here. It, here's what I would love to see, and here's what I think is happening. Bray Wyatt coming out to that, I, everybody's saying it's some weird song or whatever. I think it's still Code Red or Code Orange. It's Code Orange or, or, or whatever be. that band is, and yeah. I, I think it's whatever, and that, that was a playback to the original Fiend song, so there's something there that we can have some connective tissue. But just imagine for a moment. I want you to relax for a sec. So I want to take you through, a, through a, 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 my world in my head, right? Just imagine this. What if that promo that Bray Wyatt cut wasn't indeed like Bray Wyatt himself. 
He was blurring the lines, so to speak, right? And as I mm -hmm. was sitting there and thinking to myself, people are going to buy it as a thank you. You know, you guys saved me. I saved you. But here's where I think, JC, this is interesting. I don't think he was talking to the audience. Ooh. I was thinking that he was talking to the five or six people that surrounded him, that saved him, right? And think about this. He went out of his way to say he lost two people. Now, if you care to read, you know, the dirties or whatever, or whatever reports are coming out, that things are on the internal roster and all this stuff, that the, the mask that, that came up there is called the, you know, the I think it's called the Uncle Howdy mask, right? So we know there's going to be one Uncle Howdy, and apparently there's going to be an Uncle Harper, right? So those could potentially be the two people that he lost. And I do think there is going to be a devil's advocate here. There's going to be a good one and a bad one. I think he's going to paint Harper as the good guy, Uncle Howdy as the bad guy. And I think that there are going to be two sides that Bray is struggling with here. I think that that's, that's the, to me, where we're headed. We're headed into an internal struggle between Bray before we get to the deep, dark secrets here. The other thing I would love to tell everybody, and I'm, I'm not the only one that thought this and figured it out, but it's something that we can bring up here, is that when Uncle Howdy came up and said something, he word for word quoted a Clive Barker Aberat quote, which is a whole series. If you go, I, I went down the rabbit hole, read the whole series. Clive Barker has this amazing setup here. He created this entire world with these random weird characters that if you look at the book, folks, it kind of looks similar, not exact, but similar to a world that Bray Wyatt could create. So I am very interested to see where this happens because it is it is so far-fetched, this Aberat book. And go check it out. If you go on uh, YouTube, you'll have people telling all about it. But it is, it is bizarre. And on top of that, folks, if we... This is where we jump to what JC likes to talk about. If you go to the Liv Morgan part, Mm. She jumps off, goes through the table on poor Sonia, but we see the sticker in the background, and what potentially the people are saying is a hooded figure next to the sticker, which could be Sister Abigail or one of the many Firefly. Abby the Witch. Abby the Witch could be a bunch of different things, right? So I think there's, the, again, that's the first connective thing because we've seen the eye. We've talked about how Liv's going through a metamorphosis. This is going to happen. But I am so interested... I think everybody's so focused on how great that was a moment for Bray Wyatt and stuff, but I don't buy that it it was a promo for the fans. I I'm gonna go back and look at that promo and go, no, he was this was the catalyst to all the other things he was talking about. So I think could it be both though? Could it have been? Could he have known oh, what he was yeah, doing? He being change. like, I can acknowledge all these real life things that happened to me and use them in my character to enhance the story. Yeah, I think I think that's where you're headed. I, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. I think that this is a really cool moment because it it had a facade. It, it was is exactly what you think it was. But I think the other thing that was kind of alarming to me, at least like made me feel uneasy. And we always talk about uncomfortable makes money. He was taught. He's like, I want to talk about like the way he even talked didn't sound like himself. It, felt, it was that was that's kind of know, like how his like real accent yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His non-character accent. Yeah, and he was trying to talk like himself, but the way he convinced everybody that he was like trying to say thank you and you saved me, it just felt like he wasn't looking to the crowd. He was very much looking into the camera and look, you know what I mean? Like, so I think he was looking beyond the people. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, here's where I am. Watch Uncle Howdy corrupt this version of me. And I'm going to be this deep, dark, terrible human being. Because does that mean Uncle Howdy showed up at Extreme Rules? You know what I mean? 
It seems well. Different. That was the the mask that took. That was the mask that he took off to reveal. Right. So it's definitely. I kind of I, the way you said there really hit on the head for me is like the kind of like the angel devil thing on your shoulder with the two characters is just like that's I think something that definitely because when people go through personal struggle, you kind of that's kind of like a representation of what goes on in their heads. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, again, I'm going to probably not read the Aberrat books for word for word, but I'm definitely going to go down. There's little inklings where I watch it. I'm just like, this Doc guy. does a books podcast. Have him read them for hey, you. Hey, Doc, since you're listening, you slap nuts, how about you read these books for your little, yeah, uh, little It's podcast? literally called TLDR, Toulon Didn't Read. So uh, it's perfect. Toulon, I didn't read. So, Doc, yeah. tell me. Yeah. You, you know, instead of TRDL, you know, you could just write cr- Cliff Notes or something, you know. I get, I get why TRDL. We'll call them hashtag Doc Notes. Kind of like Spark Notes back notes. in the day. Okay. Doc Notes. Doc Notes. There's your homework assignment, Doc. Uh, should I do some quick shines, Nestle, before we get to your favorite part of the program? Yeah, let's do it. We're way in. Uh, so some quick shines. Jay helped Sammy beat Kofi, but the big thing here backstage is Sammy was big on saying he did it on his own. Jay was looking to Solo for support. Solo said he missed it. So a little bit of storytelling there to continue this bloodline feud. We have Braun squashing jabronis, as Michael Cole called them, which I think was a big deal for us. And uh, Omas and MVP are watching. So I'm guessing that crown jewel, we're getting our fucking Hus fight. I just, I'm glad it's happening overseas. Yeah. Because that crowd will respond to literally anything, so it's okay. And it's, it's going to be great. I can't wait. This I, is a JC special, by the way. It is. Two My big two O's. big giants fucking yeah. oafing all over themselves. Uh, my last bit of shine this week is we got the in-ring deter- return of L.A. Knight. He took care of Mansois, but after the match, immediately cut a heel promo to reset himself as heel L.A. Knight where he belongs. So it's basically he just disregarded the MMM, and then they just, they're just like onto something else. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, and it just... It is perfect because what a gear shift here because there's not a lot of, I don't know, like, I think, like, you, you'll have more TV time on SmackDown if you're, if you're a heel. Baby faces on SmackDown, there's just, like, they don't have time. It's like Bloodline takes up a fourth of the show. Drew McIntyre needs to beat up somebody. Brawling then, Brutes are baby faces yeah. now. Ricochet's a baby face. I mean, Madcap's a baby face, and he kind of gets on every other week. So Yeah, so I feel like this is perfect for him, and I was excited to see him. I mean, that, I did laugh at the stupid red jacket, but, you know, it is, it is what it is. I did I did appreciate, too, if you heard, uh, in with the old, out with the gold is what uh, ba- Wade Barrett said. Excuse me. And I, I, I went, oh, okay. Like, obviously he's putting over his buddy, but it was, you know, you sit there and you think about it like, oh, if LA Knight's got US gold or intercontinental gold, that'd be pretty cool. You know, I don't know what he's going to do with it, but it'd be pretty good. Mm, probably going to be a little bit before that with uh, the Rin General on the Generation. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's all I got. Do you have any other shine or should we get Heedy? Uh, we can get Heedy if you want. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Look, I'm going to start where everybody happened to love this part was a, a car accident at the beginning of the show. Uh, you know, a car accident with Cross. Drew beats him up and then they just like. They, I, I understand we needed like a creative way to get Ray into the IC championship, and that's fine. He's he's got his IC shot, and he's gonna get smacked like a tomato against. Uh, I was gonna say Walter, you know Gunther. That yeah. match is gonna be really good though it with those two be, styles. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I I expect the the ending of this match to be, he's going for Erna Karana, just jumps up and power bombs his ass or something. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Uh but. To get back to my original point, the car crash, another week with Gaga, another week with Karrion Cross, another week with Drew, who gives a shit? Like, it is, it is such a- If you a, want a rematch, I don't think any of us wanted a rematch. No. Like, Cross won, let them both move on. Yeah, it, but instead, it's like, fucking Drew's probably going to win this one, then we'll probably have a third, and fuck, we got to deal with this for three, four more months. Yeah, it's tough. Like, it's, it's really tough, because you look at this and you think, Drew McIntyre, 
what does he do now? Like, where do you go? You've lost to the tribal chief. You're he done. He milk white baby faces it for a while until they're ready to turn him heel down the road. But he's he's wasting, in my opinion, he's wasting himself. Like, he's not, is he going to beat Gunther? Maybe that's a WrestleMania match. Is McIntyre Gunther for the IC title. Like, that'd probably be a really good match. I'd actually be for it. And I'm a Drew McIntyre hater, but that'd be a great match and a great feud. I'm just, but they I'm, can't do it yet. No, I, I just feel like, again, here's a guy from, what, October now to when we get to WrestleMania, April? Is that six months away? Am I really going to be waiting six months for something interesting to happen with Drew McIntyre? It feels as like As long as he's fighting Karrion Cross, yeah. <laughs> it, fe- it feels like it. It absolutely feels like I am stuck in this. We're, we're stuck till, the, till probably Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, I, I don't give a fuck about this. I do want to say, though, before we move on from that nonsense, is that uh, Ricochet sold his soul for Ray in that match, so bravo, Ricochet, for fucking, oh, my God, those cells, man, making Ray look like a stud. That that uh, tombstone pile driver on top of the head flip thing that they oh. did was just incredible. Incredible. So good, dude, so good. So it is it is what it is. Uh, moving on to other things that made me upset and made me want to vomit. Uh, let's move on to SmackDown which I don't really want to talk too much about, but there was a six-woman tag. Roxy did a good job, but it was just more of a, a, a segue into, you know, you yeah. know NXT stuff, which I get, pick your poison, you're trying to make it a big deal this week, which, again, great job in terms of promotion, but what the fuck? Like, I don't really give a shit. Uh, Hit, Hit Row loses with a lot of Gaga, um, but, you know, I mean, does it really matter? I'm not interested in Hit Row still, so it's hard for me. Like, I'm glad Legato got a big dub, but... They're kind of continuing their feud in NXT when it was because I never really finished it, but it was really mostly Santos and Swerve. But then obviously, like they got the immediate call up, and then afterwards they were just immediately like let go. So I think they just kind of want to put a book on it, which I don't mind it, and I think it's super interesting with Zelina and Bfab because I think those two kind of steal the show in terms of it. And I think for both of these factions to have success on the main roster, I think their managers and Zelina and BFAB are the most important pieces. So, well, I mean, obviously it's what everybody's watching because I feel like, yeah, you know, for me, when I watch hit row, I think I want to like them, but I feel like they came back in an odd time. And then I feel like, and I'm not saying they can't be good baby faces. They can be, but I feel like just let them be heels for a little bit. And then, like, they get that cool feeling back. Because I feel like yeah. making them cool as a baby face, you haven't earned the street cred that you did in NXT where everybody thought you were the hottest, cool thing ever. And then, like you said, when they came on SmackDown the first time, you were like, oh, Fox will love this, blah, 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 blah. You know, you 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 were a big component of that. Yeah, they were. They would have been. But yeah. then it's just like, you. it's so, that's why when they came back, we literally said in the first show, like, this is cool. But it's going to be really hard because, A, they're not the group they were before. That's obvious. They they have a missing member. He's on AEW now. So that was already number one. And number two, it's like you literally cool them off for a year. How many acts do you know like that are super hot? And then you do nothing with them for a year, and then you bring them back. Like It's going to take a while. So it's just it's one of those things like – I think it's positive they're on TV because when I do watch them, it is does feel like something fresh because like as in WWE, like it's a lot of the same shit every week. And so it's like to see different faces, that was what's kind of cool. So far about the start of the Triple H era is bringing everyone back. It kind of, it gives us some extra flavor to the show. But yeah, no, it's not, it's going to be an adjustment because they're obviously, they're lacking a member. They're lacking that year-long momentum. They didn't, weren't there. And uh, it is like something where I do think they like, 
I expect them to really put Legato over in this feud too, because it's important that they're presented strong. So I think Kit Rowe is going to be in a tough spot for a while. But again, I think I still think long term there's a lot of potential with this group. Whether you think they need to add a member or not, they very well might down the line. But I think it's just like it's going to be it could be very painful at times. Cause like you said, it's just like, they don't have that cachet yet to kind of garner what WWE is going to want to do with them right away. Yeah. And I, I tend to think that again, my, my thought is you just turn them heel, you get them, you get them a certain kind of edge, no pun intended. And then you can flip them again. And then that's how you undo the one year frozen process. In my opinion, yeah, no, that, I think that word logically people will like the heel, right? Like it yeah. just seems like that's the cool thing to do. And again, that's what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be cool, but right now they don't have any sticks that people can shout out with them. Like the money, money, money thing would be cool, but yeah. they don't have they don't have a crowd participation. They almost they feel have like they come a couple out of top dollars moves have potential, but it's yeah. just like people they're not familiar with them. Right. So I think it's like like what made Hit Row such a cool thing at NXT is they had all the extra. So far on SmackDown, there've been a lot of wrestling. It's like you kind of I think especially with like now that they're in a feud with Legato, like give us more segments as opposed to wrestling. I think, and that's kind of how you enhance our experience with them to start too. Sure. Sure. Uh, moving on very quickly, I just wanted to say this because I thought this was at least a point of contention for me. Uh, and again, someone can tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. But I think the only woman's segment on Raw was the women's tag match. Um, I'm looking at my might, notes. Yeah, I'm, it might have been because Alexa and Asuka weren't there again because nope. they're written off TV by uh, the damaged cucks. Um, I don't and think there's anything. So here's the thing. Like you talked about. The Liv Sony stuff was on SmackDown. Right. But I will I will say, in terms of I watched nothing women's this week because the minute I saw Bailey sit down a commentary, 32X. She is the worst person on commentary in the history of wrestling. Always it, has been, always will be enough. It's tough. It's very, very tough. And here's the other thing that makes me kind of like, and again, I don't know the issue. Maybe that that there's, you know, not depth, but I I, I tend to not. There is, though. They have plenty I mean? of depth. They have plenty of depth. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned on why there's not, like, two or three matches happening here. The other thing that bothers me too is we're tying up damage control tag team, damage control Bailey, and tying up Belair, in which Belair could be by her own doing her own thing and damage control could be doing, you know, like the tag team could be doing something with another team. They, like, well, they, it's their feud. the problem with damage girls, they're, they now have a feud with Raquel and Shotzi. There's right. a tag title match on SmackDown, but it's like you still feel the need to have them wrestle on Raw against uh, Bianca and uh, who's and what's it, whatever it was. But it's like Rhea's so, in, I, I, Rhea's so involved with uh, Judgment Day that they're kind of keeping her there and not mixing. I still think like she's a big money match for Bianca, whether it's the Rumble or WrestleMania or whatever you want to put it. I still think that's on the table because as we know, for Money in the Bank, she'd won a number one contender and then she got hurt so it didn't happen so there's definitely i think like she's still around but she's kind of like she's not really going to be involved in woman type feuds except for like beth for now but i think you look at the rest of the division it's like we're doing the cool stuff with nikki and dewdrop and that they've kind of like that's disappeared i mean dana brooke was treating that i i'm not the biggest dana brooke fan i hate the 24 7 title but at least like her holding that in defense, even though like when she was defending against Becky and stuff, it's like there was like it felt like okay, is this a woman's mid card title now? Like I don't love it, I hate it, and I hate the way it's done. But it was like it was at least more women on our TV, and I think I just accidentally hit on the big reason of why there hasn't been a lot is since Becky Lynch has been out with injury, they haven't really used like their bottom of the roster women um, 
on Raw to kind of use the depthness of the division. They just kind of have been using the top. So maybe once we get Becky back, we'll have multiple women's storylines on Raw. But, I mean, you look at SmackDown, it feels like they have a million women over there because they are at least, like, even though nothing that they're doing is that great, it's like at least they're being featured. Yeah, it's odd to me because we know Triple H and Stephanie are very much the women's – they are the reason the women's evolution has happened, essentially. So it's bizarre to me, and maybe we just don't have all the facts. But it, it is difficult because you want more women's wrestling on. Well, your I TV. think I think you hit it on the head with the depth. It's like they have. I think they have the woman. I don't think they just have like the top tier woman. I think that's why like Candice has been such a nice addition is because they were able to shoot her up the card immediately and make her kind of feel important. But it's just like you do have so much depth in the women's division, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. It's just like use it, man. And there's plenty of women at NXT that you can easily call up because that's the deepest women's roster in wrestling, as it always is. Mm-hmm. It's a factory down there, man. It always oh, well, has been. It always will be. Yeah, and it sucks because there's a, a lot of great women right now, in my opinion, that are just kind of like waiting. Yeah, and they got the time for it, man. They got the time for it. It's it, it's it's a rough one. It's definitely a rough one. I'm just trying to make sure I didn't miss anything before we move on. Uh, yeah, you did. The OC beat the Alpha Academy. Shush, please. Stop giving the Alpha Academy uh, losses to fucking scrubs. Fuck the OC. God, they're on NXT tonight, too. Ugh. Nestlemania, we're on week two of your boys. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV forever. I'm, they're not my boys anymore. They suck, dude. The OC as it's just. Here's the thing. They're so fucking like they're just they're like, bozos. They're, like, they're bozos. Like, they're not. They have a they have like a great resume. There are things that they can do well, but it's just like I don't know, man. I, the Alpha Academy are fucking studs. We agree on that. And like, yes, they're so good at putting people over, but it's like. Ugh. They're not our form of entertainment. You know what I mean? Like they're entertaining. You know, if they're Sex Ferguson, they're, Ooh, the they're hilarious. Yeah, but like, yeah. but here's the thing: they were only entertaining when they feel with John Cena. But I yeah, mean, I mean that's let's be happening. real: that was mostly AJ and John Cena, and they right. just kind of enhanced them a little. But the other thing too is like AJ Styles is AJ Styles, right? Like you can do no, no harm. He can, he's just he's AJ Styles, but he's also not cool. So having the OC with him makes him like even less cool. You know, yeah. it, it's bizarre. I'm not a big fan of the OC in general. I was, I was when they were in New Japan. I Them wasn't. and AJ, if they're heels, will be a lot better. Yeah, but as baby faces, like, no, like, because I'll say that because I was just very harsh on them. As a heel faction, it works a lot better. That's why the CFA was so good. But as baby faces, good God, you can't expect me to root for these two fucking guys, especially if you have the knowledge of what happened when WWE was letting people go and let them go. And the fucking shit Carl Anderson says on Twitter, I mean, even before that, like, he doesn't seem like the greatest person. In general, so it's like, I mean, our boy Guthrie even tweeted about it. How the fuck am I supposed to root for this? Uh, he used a little more insulting terms uh, on TV. It's just like, I can't. I can't. And I think here's the other thing, too, is like, just lean into what they are. Lean into yeah. what they are. They're just And maybe not they will people. after post-judgment day, because yeah. I get it. They just came. It's That was the same thing, I think, with Hit Row of, like, why. It's just like, when you bring people back, a lot of the times, it's just, like, the easiest thing. Have them be babyface for a while and then flip them. So I think both Hit Row and the OC are probably on those tracks, but it's just like, let's let's speed them both up. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Uh, and also, just very quickly, uh, Elias. He's back. He's back. And that's no KO with say. him, so my hope didn't come true, and no. I didn't. I didn't love this. I I didn't mind Riddle and Elias together because I think Riddle with anyone is gold, and I think that definitely helped it. But I don't know. I think they had a lot of different things they could have done with this, and what they did didn't really do it for me. So that's why it's in the well. Here's the thing: they just go so. In some instances, Triple H is doing a very like he's doing a, a really amazing job. Yeah, I'd say ninety percent of the things yeah. he does are a plus. And I, I mean, I'm not nitpicking here. I'm just saying like. When in doubt, 
when in doubt, he's just going back. Like he's resetting a lot of things. So I feel like our patience is very thin because we want what we want as fans. And I know we have to be patient. Like we have, it's just, it is what it is. But Elias is somebody that he, he, he just said it. He, he goes on Monday, he said, yeah, my, uh, my little brother's career got cut short and that's the end of it. Right. So it's to me, that bothers me. Pour one out. You know what I mean? Pour one out for your boy. I actually really like the Ezekiel character, I maybe because of Kevin Owens, but yeah. it was it was something refreshing because we were when Elias first came about Nestleman, not maybe not next year, main roster Elias. We were the biggest fans, but like anything else, it gets old, and Elias had gotten old, and that's why this is something that I that I will say that I think Vince was always willing to do, which I think was good. He was willing to take something that was really good at the time, but he wasn't afraid to throw it away and try to recreate it. Even though if it blew up in his face, like he wasn't afraid to take those type of risks. Like again, Triple H, like a lot of, like you said, a lot of the big things has been kind of bringing back what people wanted, which is fine. That's what people wanted. And maybe it has been enough time of Elias, but what I was looking for here is like, yes, you can give me a lot of the old Elias, but like, get like, Either give me like nods to something or move it forward, and they haven't done that yet. But like you said, patience, patience, patiently waiting. I guess. Yeah. But until then, it's heat. It's heaty. All right, let's move over to get our hopes going here. I think that's important here. We need to we need to cleanse our body of heat. Uh, would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first? I'll go first because mine's going to be pretty quick. Uh, my hope is uh, about the maximum male models. So as you saw, well, you might not have seen this. So on Twitter, they released these exclusive like promo interviews with people after the shows. And if you haven't seen this, go seek it out. Uh, the maximum male models cut a promo after SmackDown, kind of about their side of the story, because obviously the on-screen it was all about LA Knight and whatever. It makes sense, and I don't disagree with anything they've done. But what I saw in this promo was the potential of this group. Like Maxine as a manager, like we haven't really got to see it yet, but I think her potential is through the roof, much like her fucking attractiveness. But the bigger thing to me in this promo was Mansois. It's just like we've seen a couple times him cut promos and he's been very good. But like this one kind of sold to me, like him cutting it as this Mansois character. I was like, holy shit, they have something here. They really do with this guy. Like, and Marseille was fine too for the little part he did, but it was just like Mansois was a standout where I'm like, this isn't a guy that like you think about in terms of like promo ability, especially as a heel with this weird character. But I'm like, it kind of really works. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, check it out. So as you know, we've got a trade this week. It was uh, Baron Corbin for Rey Mysterio, which is going to work out for both parties involved. Gives them both a fresh start. Well, the maximum male models have done their job perfectly on SmackDown. They've come on, they've been weird. They put over Hit Row when they first came back and now they're, they've put over LA Knight and he's ready to do his thing. But I think it might be their turn to kind of get some attention put on them. And I think that's going to be really hard to do on SmackDown because, hey, you already have the tag team and Hit Row that took care of them and a lot of us. It's a very deep tag team division on SmackDown. And you also have LA Knight there who's just, maybe he'll beat Masse too, which is fine. But I would like to see the maximum male models move to Raw because I think it'd be a fresh start for them. There's less depth in that tag team division, so I think they can be featured more. And the biggest thing for me with them is there's an extra hour on Raw, which means there's more time for the Gaga. And when I look at the Maximum Male Models, Nestle, there is no group with more potential Gaga than the Maximum Male Models. So I think the best thing for them in their future in WWE is to get them to the three-hour show, give them a fresh start, and start to take them seriously because... I'm excited about this group. I really am. For a group that just seems like a bunch of misfit toys, they've really come together and made something special. So hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Model me, baby. 
All right, there you go. There's a, a hope that we can hope for, I guess. Uh, my hope is very specific. Uh, as I'm watching The Miz and the Johnny Gargano and the, the Dexter stuff that happened on Monday night, it made me wonder. Johnny coming in saying stuff like, just give him what you promised. Just, you know, do what you said you were going to do. So I'm sitting here and thinking, what what potentially could he do here? Like, what did he offer him? Did he offer him money and he gave it away? Did he offer him that he was going to give him a, a WWE contract? Or did he offer him, which I think would be hysterical and in some form or fashion, would be The Miz supposedly offered him a role in a movie. And <laughs> then, like, oh, no, as long as you help me, you be my heavy. I'll put you in my movies. And then he has to put him in a movie or something. Because I think Dexter in a movie would be hysterical. But here's, here's the other thing that I really kind of enjoyed about this entire thing about The Miz. He took a segment that was a couple of segments, which were kind of eh, you know. And then as much as I'm not a big Johnny Gargano guy, it intrigued me to think, okay, so The Miz did something to Dexter. And you know, our boy Dami said, did he take a swing at, uh, you know, Indy or anything? You know, like there's all sorts of things that you could think about. But here's... Here's where I'm thinking it's going to go. I think what we're going to get here, and I could be 100% wrong. At least this is the way I would do it. I think how you blame John Morrison leaving is that The Miz hired Dexter to get rid of him, get him off TV. Because Johnny was getting too excited with the drip drip and the whole thing, and then, of course, gone, right? But we know Johnny's probably going to come back because Triple H brings everybody back, right? He, he's not. I don't think he's Johnny Elite because he didn't get. He's not. He hasn't been on TV. Yeah, he so, made an appearance. I think he's done. One. He's like kind of really going with the solo route as of now. Right. So. But I think that that would be an interesting dynamic because then you have the Miz unfreeze with John Morrison. You could then have the Miz feud with Johnny. You could have the Miz and Dexter and all this other stuff. But I I can see like the Miz needs a faction because we know we're going to get. The, the, the way and all these other things and the DIYs of the world. But I think if we get the Miz to have a faction of his own would be pretty cool against these guys. Cause I don't know if champ is coming back. No, no, this, see, this is where I do think it's, so I think they're kind of building here is that the, the centerpiece I think of this feud and what last night told me is it's the battle for Ohio. It's the Miz and Johnny Gargano, but they're doing that through Dexter. Cause you're already seeing Johnny coming to Dexter's defense because of Miz, Miz doing that. So I think at some point we are going to get the champa return where you can get a regular Miz and champa versus Gargano and Dexter. Boom. What else can you do? Well, Johnny's married to Candice LeRae. Miz is married to Maurice. There's another match if you want to do that. Oh, by the way, you also have, like you mentioned, Indy Hartwell. So you can go with another route with that with maybe the Miz has another woman in the rings that he could work with or a friend of Maurice or a young stud he could do. But I just, and you eventually could have Champa turn on the Miz and you could recreate DIY. It's just, there's a million different things they can do with this. And I think like Miz, one of the most hateable heels Gargano, one of the most likable baby faces, both from fucking Ohio. There's just like, there's so many fucking branches that can go off this that they can have this type of like storyline probably all the way through fucking WrestleMania and cap it off with whatever one of those you think is the coolest moment and probably give us pretty compelling television all the way through. But I do think it's something that we've kind of talked about the last couple of weeks. I like how slow they've done this Miz and Dexter thing. Because once they actually wrestle, I think that does kind of end that. But I think, like, now we're at least starting to see a little peek into, like, the vast different places we can go from here. So maybe Miz and uh, Dexter's at Crown Jewel, and that's where Champa returns or something like that, you know? So I think there's – the. I'm just excited by this because I think it's, like – it started as, like, a little tree. 
that we weren't sure if it was going to grow. You're like, there's not a lot of sun. Maybe we're not watering it consistently, but it started to grow up and the branches are going out and the sun's coming out from behind the clouds. And you know what? Our gardener's starting to water the tree a little bit. So I'm getting a little intrigued over here. Did you it could be a sequoia tree for you. Okay, I, know you love sequoias. I love sequoias. You're right. Um, did you just hijack my hope by the way? I think so. You, you kind of asked me a question. I answered. I didn't answer. Did I? Yeah, you asked me about Champa. Oh, uh, okay. What if What if Miz wants Champa out, and that Dexter took care of you know, and then that you get could the be DIY. It too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just give him what I want. Give him, give him, his, give him whatever he needs it, to take get, get rid of him. So, the Miz is good about a lot of things. So I think you're right. But my my hope is that this turns into a, a B or, or B or A storyline on Monday Night Raw eventually. It'll be fun. All right, it's time to uh, give our comebacks. Would you like to go first? 10, 10, 10. Top five Royal Rumble moment of all time was, uh, at the time, Ty Dillinger coming out of number 10 in his uh, main roster debut. And, you know, he went to AW, was a stud, the chairman. Great gimmick, probably the best entrance music they have in that company. Uh, and he was a um, stud, had one of the best feuds ever with Cody Rhodes. And uh, his pairing with MJF was fantastic. But, you know, obviously, you know, he got his wife pregnant. He's been off TV for a while. And he's been doing this countdown on Twitter. And normally when you see a countdown, you expect it to end at one or zero. Well, what I loved about this is that it ended at 10 and Sean Spears is back as the perfect 10. And I'm sure WWE has this shit copyrighted, but I'm sure he called his buddy Papa H and he was like, you know what, Sean, I love you, buddy. You're allowed to use it. You can use it. So now he's back as the perfect 10. They did it in Canada, which was the right call because he's Canada's boy. They did it with FTR because of that friendship they have. So it's officially now the pinnacle group, which followed MJF, they're all still friends, except for with MJF, which I think is kind of cool. But I'm excited for this. Sean Spears, I love the guy. I think he's an absolute stud in the ring. I think he's a fun character to have. I think he's one of the better enhancement talents AEW has on their roster. And I think he cherishes that role. So I'm thrilled to have him back. And you know what? 10, 10, 10. I cannot wait for all the 10, 10 chance. It is the best and only 10 in AEW is the perfect 10, Sean Spears. You know what's funny? You talk about that. I was almost going to, when you said the only perfect 10, I was almost going to give, after you said that, I was going to change my comeback because I thought about something, which was Orange Cassidy winning a big dub. That but was pretty sweet. It was a pretty, pretty good one. But I will say I'm going to change it to Ali because here's the thing. For somebody that came out and then interrupted Seth Rollins, I thought he did a great job doing what he could. He's not necessarily the strongest promo in the world, but I think he, he also, closed the show. He closed the show, and I think that's a big mar- marker for him. Like I don't think he's ever been in the main event or the close of the show. I mean, you could say the Money in the Bank thing where Brock ran out and stole the, the briefcase. It's the only thing I can think of. But God damn it, I was sitting there going, "Okay, I believe that Seth Rollins is going to have a, an absolute banger of a match here against Ali." And Ali's been sniffing that United States Championship and the Intercontinental Championship for years. And I think the United States of Ali would be great. Obviously, he's not going to get it right now because Seth Rollins needs to be the guy for a while. Does uh, he, though? I don't know. I, I think that Seth Rollins... Like, Maybe... I, what do you I, do with I, him? I think... I mean, well, you have the Royal Rumble coming up, so that makes it very easy with what you do with him, is that I could see him holding it maybe through, through like, December. Maybe he loses it uh, around then because I think once you start the Royal Rumble lead-up, I don't think he needs the U.S. title anymore unless we have a big U.S. title match planned for WrestleMania with him. But I think it's one of those things where I wouldn't say he's a transition champion, but maybe he could be because I think what it did is it checks that box of Seth being a champion, which we knew we were kind of getting ridiculous. It allows him to kind of be the face of Raw like Lashley was without the tribal cuck, uh, you know, coming to Raw, defending his Raw title, which he owns over there. So I think that 
it, it kind of could be a short reign for Seth. And, and a, a longer Ali feud where he comes out on top would be kind of cool. I just think we need, we need to reset because not everybody cares about Ali. You know what I mean? Like No, his reactions have been very lackluster yeah. every time he comes out. Uh, but I think it's also because the weirdest thing with Ali is that he was such, like, he was a heel for so long. They kind of made him a babyface and they made him a heel again. Now he's a babyface. There's no real explanation for it, especially, like, the retribution thing was such a fucking shit show, and he's kind of the face of that. So it's hard to not see him as a heel the whole time. Um, so it's just... I don't know. They do. They do need to figure it out. But I'm. I think Seth can help him better than other people. Because obviously, like, if you're gonna feud with Lashley, like, you try to make him a babyface. Lashley gave him a tap of the back. Bobby Lashley's getting as bigger reactions as anyone. So it's gonna be hard for Ali to kind of get through there. But I think with a guy like Seth, who also gets big reactions, but he also can turn it on a dime. Yeah. And I think, I that, think that's big for Ali. I think that was the best part of that promo was where he said, you know, you're a father, you're a great wrestler, you're even a better human, and then he just fucking kicked his ass. And I was like, okay, great. He was almost a baby face for like three seconds in that promo, and then he stomped his ass. So yep. it, it worked. So I think that's, I hope, where we're headed for Crown Jewel, I think is, you know, Seth Rollins and Ali. But I hope, like you said, Ali deserves it. I think Ali deserves something because he's, he's, he's too good, he's too smooth not to be on my TV. I agree. I agree. Want to get to the big old finish? Big old finish, WrestleMania. Like we said, we got a big Tuesday here to preview. So if you're listening on Wednesday, well, then you can hear how raw our picks are. But first, we'll preview the weekend SmackDown and Raw. On SmackDown this week, we have Dakota Kai and EO Sky taking on Raquel Gonzalez and Shotzi Blackheart for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Do we get new champs, WrestleMania? No. I agree with that Why completely. Why would you? They, they just got him like a month well, ago. Some would argue that they haven't been good champions and that Ali and Raquel's two-week reign was better. I would argue that. But Aaliyah's really injured, and we wish her the best because she's a stud. Uh, we also have another women's match because SmackDown, the land where women can actually wrestle, Liv Morgan takes on Sony Deville. I expect this to be a squash for Liv. I also expect this to have some type of chicanery, perhaps, and maybe some Schmaz! Schmaz. Welcome to Schmazdown. Be great. The other note that I have on for SmackDown is Logan Paul returns, probably to cut a pretty mediocre promo against uh, the Bloodline minus Roman Reigns because I doubt he's going to be there. I just, I just want to get this over with. Yeah, it's sold. The ma- yeah. like the match, whatever. I'm interested, but yeah. the lead up, I could care less. I care more about Sammy on Raw. The only thing I think they announced, unless if I missed something, was a number. Uh, no, it's just a match. Bianca Belair taking on Bailey uh, again. This needs to stop. Just in general. Does Bianca get a definitive win and we move on, or does Bailey get a bullshit win no, and we set up another title match? Bullshit win. Bullshit yeah. win. Some Gaga as well. Sprinkle some Gaga. It's all happening. Yeah. Poke me in the face because I don't like it. Well, uh, do you want to start with NXT or AEW in WrestleMania? NXT since it's Tuesday and it's well, their show. They're both it's on Tuesday. But Tuesday nights, the NXT nights. I cannot so wait for the Tuesday night war. By the way, did you know that Wednesday night Dynamite is on Tuesday this week, folks? That means they moved. So. Yeah. It's just funny when baseball, they're going to boring ass baseball is more important than yes, exactly. On TBS. So I'm just saying just in, in terms of like, oh, they had to move to Tuesdays. Motherfuckers, you moved to Tuesdays, too, for this one. And I guarantee yeah. this isn't the last Tuesday you moved. Yeah, And a lot of the times I feel like they, yeah, I don't know. They might go to Thursdays, but uh, let's uh, go to NXT. Like you mentioned, the first match is uh, Alba Fire taking on Sonya Deville, who's getting a lot of work in this week. Uh, she's probably this will probably be a longer match, but she's going to lose. Uh, Alba Fire should light her on fire. That'd be great. I, imagine, I love Alba imagine Fire. if she, imagine if she lit her hair on fire and we finally got bald Sonya. That'd be great. That <laughs> was the one. That was Sonya. the one thing I was waiting for at SummerSlam was a bald Sonya Deville, and then the, that that a hole had to screw up everything. So, 
We also have two more women's singles matches on the next team WrestleMania. We had the pick your poison. Uh, we have Raquel taking on Cora Jade in a battle of old tag team partners. Uh, I would say that all signs point to Cora Jade winning. I like that. I'm probably in a bullshit uh, shit eating heel way. Bertsky. Baseball greater than AEW lately. That's saying something. You might be right, besides uh, the acclaimed and MJF, which are two of my favorite things in wrestling right now. Uh, but we also have WrestleMania. Uh, Roxanne is taking Roxanne. on Rhea Ripley in a match that I am super fucking excited for. Honestly. Roxanne! You don't have to tell them. Oh, sorry. Uh, I love the, the police. Um, well, not the police. I love Stang. Um, anyway. Not touching that one. Stang. Anyway. Uh, Roxanne is not winning. Wow, so you think both of... Uh, oh, no, you think Cora's just going to have the whatever. So here's the thing. If next week is Halloween Havoc, Ipso Is fact, it next week? Yes, it's the 28th. Shit. Ipso okay. facto, I dream of Jeannie. We know that Roxanne has to win, so she has to look like shit going in because the WWE sauce is... Baby faces, mud in the dirt, mud in the dirt, mud in the dirt, big victory. So that's what we're happening with Roxanne. Speaking of uh, shit in the dirt, uh, we have Cameron Grimes and the OC taking on Schism in a six-person tag match. Good God, I could give a fuck about that. It's a six-man tag that includes the OC. I'm not watching it. I'm yeah. sorry. Joe Gacy, and like, good enough, but that's okay. Yeah, and it's like again, it's one of those things. That Schism is kind of like NXT's damage control yeah. where... I love all three of them, but as a group, it's the fucking drizzling shits. I, can, uh, I cannot wait for the red hooded figure to end up being that Thalia girl, or whatever from uh, what's her uh, the Chase University. I think that's what it is. Oh, Thea Hale, the eighteen-year-old. She's gonna change into the schism. That's what I think the red hooded figure is. Interesting. I, I mean, I, that, I would. Book I'd be that. okay with that. A lot of people really like her in Chase University. I, I oh no, know. she's great. She's great. But I think yeah. there's there's a, there's way more of a plus here. Like I, I think like being like so young and being like innocent and also not knowing what to do having somebody like a, a joe gacy like trick her into something because she's so naive i could buy that and i think it'd be pretty good too that should have been my hope so it's kind of like house of black with julia hart and then they all left her and now it's just her and uh, the the big goon more like the house of flat am i right yeah am i right <laughs> we have two more things on nxt tonight we have uh stacks taking on question marks i'm assuming it'll be another main roster person because uh they seem to be, that seems to be the theme for this uh, NXT tonight. Who could Tony D have a problem with? Everyone. Okay. Uh, who doesn't want to sleep with the fishes? But yeah, I have no idea on this one who it could be. Stacks. Stacks. What if yeah. they brought back the other guy that, that they threw over? In the, the... Uh, he worked, he's working for AEW oh, now. Oh, that's right. He's in a, he's in a faction, I think, with uh, Arya Davari, whatever his faction oh, is the, called. Oh, the Mythbusters or whatever the hell they're called? Mythbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those fucking goons. The trust busters yeah. is what it was, I think. Yeah, the, the, the worst version of the Mark Sterling uh, faction. Good Lord. Uh, next up, the last part of NXT we just saw on Twitter right before we started recording. Kevin Owens put out a video. He will be moderating the three men in an NXT title match tonight, and he refused to acknowledge JD. He called them JD McDonald's, I believe. So my guess is this is going to turn into either... Okay, I don't know if it's going to be a tag. Match. I don't... I don't know if it can be a tag match, so I'm thinking KO might be taking on JD in the main event tonight would be my guess. Either that or a tag match. Either way, the, the triple threat of Dragunov, McDonough, and Braun, it's just like, it's so intriguing to me because we know that JD McDonough is probably not going to win. Did you see his NXT UK match against Ilya and JD? Uh, I don't believe so, no. <laughs> Check it out. Those two fucking guys are fucking But here's, here's the thing. Incredible. Triple threat. Triple threat. Is that an easy way to get it off Braun? 
Braun's not It's an easy way for Braun to pin JD again. Okay. Then they can do Braun versus mm-hmm. Ilya at the next event one-on-one. Okay. I believe they prob- that. They'll probably turn Ilya heel, is my guess, um, on the NXT after he does, the triple threat. He does look like a heel to me. Like, yeah. his face and looks the way very he acts, He's like a psychotic heel. It yeah. just, I think he just got so over because he took down Gunther in that historic match yeah, that yeah. they kind of had to. Um, and it made sense, but I think it might be time to flip him around, and this is the best way to do it. WrestleMania, we go to Dynamite Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday. Tony Khan is excited, even though Ariel Hawani put him in a locker. Because I he's a know. Little, I mean, did you ever listen to that interview? I did. I no told comment. You guys I, I did. Ariel, like, I, Ariel Hawani's kind of could be a pain in the ass. He's an egomaniac a little bit, but like, his interviews are some of the best, I think, in the world, especially with the type of people sometimes he has to interview, the stuff that he can get out of them. And the fact that Tony Khan was so defensive and standoffish at just simple questions was just like, I can understand, like, a guy who can get answers out of anyone just like trying to have a conversation could be really annoyed and think it was shit. And he called it like his worst interview ever. And Tony Khan is like taking like subtle shots at him on Twitter. It's just like, it's a fucking child. Absolute child. Hawani reminds me, he, like his nickname should be like the polite poker. Cause he's always like poking at people, but doing it in the yeah. most nice possible way. To, yeah. Like, he's very like, he, he like, and he knows what he's doing too. Yeah. Cause he's like, he, like a lot of people don't like him because he does kind of come off like a dick. Cause he probably is, but he's also like very good. He's a great, like, He's very good at talking. Right. <laughs> like, I, he's the easiest way to put it. That's why he has multiple podcasts and why he's been around the business a long time and has interviewed a lot of like people, especially in the fighting world, because that's uh, mainly what he does. But he does. Uh, he's had some great interviews in the wrestling world, too. And this one was not one of them, but it wasn't his fault. But like we said, AEW Dynamite, we have four championship matches. There's probably other shit. But first off, Nestlemania, you mentioned it earlier. Orange Cassidy defeated Pac last week to win the All-Atlantic Championships. So now it will actually be on TV. But Orange Cassidy's not done there in WrestleMania because the best friends are trying to make the OC a double champ as they take on Death Triangle. I couldn't care less about the best friends. I'm sorry. Anytime the best friends are on my TV, I like I love Orange Cassidy. Statlander's a stud. I love Dan Housen, but Chuck Taylor and Trent, I don't give a Orange fuck Cassidy about. Orange Cassidy, like, they're like his version of fucking Gallows and Anderson, except oh for God. at least they're better in the ring than those two fucking goons. I, it's, it's, that's a tough one. That is, I'm not a Trent guy at all, but he is very good in the ring. Oh, no, I'm not saying he's not good. It's just, I don't care. Yeah, they're boring. I don't care. That's why I compared them to the OC. They're, they're the fucking just... boring brothers, but since they're with Orange Cassidy, they're going to have jobs for life if they right. want them. Exactly. Because Orange it... Cassidy is the opposite of boring. Right, exactly. So, I, I mean, I don't think the Death Triangle is losing those things anytime soon. I really don't. No, and this is who they beat to get them, so it's just, you know, this is this is just trying to pop a rating. Uh, much like the rest of this card, where we have the AEW Women's Championship, we have Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida, but as we know that Tony Khan doesn't appreciate the greatness of Shida, Tony Storm will retain. I don't doubt that Tony Storm will continue until Thunder Rosa is ready to come back. Which, who knows when that is, but yeah. yeah. Next up, we have our first of world title matches. We have Chris Jericho defending against another former Ring of Honor world champion, Dalton Castle, and his boys! His boys! I do really love this gimmick. Yeah. Back when I used to dabble into watching Ring of Honor a little bit, this is one of the few things that really held my attention, so I appreciate Dalton Castle, but... I mean, we expect nonsense and Jericho to win. So Jericho is going to beat every former Ring of Honor champion. This is which I don't hate honestly, because yeah. this is watching Jericho with that shit and the fucking nonsense and him parading around his his boys and Anna Jay is just like 
it's the most interested I've ever been in anything Ring of Honor on uh, AWT. I just so. want Ring of Honor to have its own show, but also I want Ring of Jericho. Like I want his own custom Jericho with purple lettering. If they lettering. ever are in their own show, it's yeah. with this guy as champion. So yeah. that's what makes me feel good that at least like we're getting there so we can get so many of these fucking mid-acts off AEW. Right. And like, I don't want to just get there, but we are kind of in that point is... Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, big guy. Like, get them off my TV. Joe, get them off my TV. Like, Ward trust Joe. Busters. Yeah, trust but All that, like, give no, me this. Here's the thing. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Ward Joe is really fucking cool. But if you're going to have them be a tag team, there is no purpose for them holding singles titles right now. Absolutely. And I think that's the other thing, too, is just, it's the same thing in WWE with the, with, they just abandon stuff. Like, it's just, both companies just decide, like, oh, tag team wrestling is okay. It kind of matters. But it doesn't really matter. And it's this bizarre thing where it's like, the bloodline is going to have to wait until they get to the New Day record. So New Day is going to stand in front of them. We're not getting anything tag team related any, anytime soon, which sucks on the WWE side. On the WWE, sorry, on the uh, AEW side, I forgot who the tag champs were. The acclaimed. How can you forget? They're not they're doing the only anything. Tag teams that are actually they're good not AW doing right anything though. Like yeah, because again, they, because wrestling they, they tag teams stuff. don't matter on any program. It just sucks. I just feel like there's no wrestling happening in the tag no, team. No, I, I, I wouldn't blame the acclaimed for the lack of tag team. I'm not so saying the fact that you have all these great tag teams like FTR and you're not doing things with them. Right. And then you have another great tag team in the Lucha Brothers who are fucking holding trios championships. So. I don't want any tag team holding championships other than tag team championships. Like well, I don't it's want kind of hard with the trios though, because the, to be a trio, you need a tag team and a leader. Yeah, I don't like it. That's why like that it. title sucks. I like I I I don't like that the acclaim can't use scissoring. By the way, that just like well, that's I mean the what's going to happen line, is they're going to have a match. Yeah, where get the it fucking, over with. The Sterling Jobber boys win. They get the titles. The acclaimed win. They get the fucking scissor again. Like that's where we're headed. Which I'm fine with. It's at least a storyline. Scissor but. me, Daddy JC. Oh boy. We have one more thing on Dynamite WrestleMania. Oh, goody. AEW World Championship, John Maxley versus Hangman Page. This should be on the fucking pay-per-view because this is a match that I've wanted to see for a long time, and they're just throwing it away on a night where no one's going to watch AEW. Yeah, you're right. No one is going to see this. That's upsetting. I would say they're going to be in the north. They're going to. What if they go to like 500,000 people or whatever it is? Like the, the thing says 500,000. Like. So I think they're going to be NXT. Because oh, yeah, absolutely. They should. They have better people. They, they absolutely should. If NXT beats them, they should be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but I think, obviously, between the night change and going up against basketball, another wrestling show, and baseball, it's like the wrestling, the people that are going to watch wrestling over basketball and baseball are going to split themselves between AEW and NXT. So both numbers are going to be fucking atrocious. And, like, that's why you stack the cards because you're just trying to, like, you know, get a whatever. But it's just like, who they better hope some of these basketball and baseball games are blowouts and not exciting so they can steal some viewers. Because if not, like you're wasting AEW especially is wasting some big time money matches on a card that I'll see on DVR, but there's gonna not be a lot of people watching live. And what happens on what happens on Wednesday? I got no wrestling now. That's when I'm probably gonna watch the yeah, two on the, Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, yeah, but uh, there's also yeah, whatever. So you but think Mox have, is winning, right? That makes yeah, sense. Do you think? Do you think MJF cashes in this this time to make a big deal? Oh God, they can't do that. But I do. I would. I think there's going to be something weird that happens at the end of this match, whether it's going to tease a change for Hangman or someone else costs Hangman or something. I don't think Hangman needs be, something. He needs. Something. I don't think there's going to be a fully clean win for Mox. I think there's going to be something. There has to be something character-wise with Hangman to make me care about this. If not, it's just a throwaway and they wasted it. But we do have Rampage matches too now. Oh, goody. 
So you know how Ten was supposed to take on Andrade yes. and uh, for the rights of his life. Well, it seems like Andrade, like he he did what he was trying to do, just fucking not work for AEW anymore. Except for now, he's just stuck vacationing until his contract expires. But uh, Roosh is probably the de facto uh, leader of this Hodge, fucking Angarable Mababalabe. So he's taking on Ten on Rampage. Who cares? Don't care. I don't. Because I don't give a f- like Roosh is a great wrestler, but he had nothing else about him interests me. No. But the next thing we do have in is your boy Hooks defending his FEW title against Davari of the Mythbusters. You know what? As much as I love Hook, and I really do, and I love the FTW title, I feel like sometimes it gets treated like 24-7 championship. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's not recognized by AEW. No, I know. And now that Hook has it, it's on, it, like at least when Starks had it, like you had some like legit feud and matches, like with Hook, they're still in the stage of like him just beating people up, and that's it. So it's just like it's kind of just a prop for him. Yeah, exactly. Like which, when are we going to feel like it's a meaningful too, defense? But... Like he did offend it against the fucking Jericho Jobber twins and fucking Menard and dipshit, uh, and then he def- he's defended against other. I think he's already beat Davari, and he's going to face him again. I think he beat fucking uh, the human fucking Snore and QT Marshall too. Like all his defenses have been against absolute fucking bottom of the barrel. So yeah, you're onto something with the twenty four seven title of AEW. It is what it is, folks. Anything else on Rampage? Are we getting the hell out of here? I think that's it. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week of wrestling. We'll be back next week with more Jabberknockery. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do